Thanks for checking out the Anchor Faith Message Podcast from St. Augustine, Florida. Now enjoy this message. Turn over to Psalms 34 and verse 1. Um, this is the last uh, Wednesday night that I want to kind of deal with this kingdom praise we've been talking about. And um, I'll do a tiny review, not a big one, and then we'll just jump on into this week. Um, has, has the praise series been, been good and beneficial for us? Yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, there's so many things within the Word of God that, you know, some areas we could just kind of stay in all the time because you'll never exhaust any subject. But, you know, you want to be real well-rounded. You know, and when I kind of look back at all the messages I've done in 18 years, I don't preach a whole lot on praise, period. Uh, nor did I preach a lot on just the uh, rejoicing and joy. But, you know, I'm thankful to God we had an expression. Amen? Now, that doesn't mean you can't always, you can have an expression, but every service is not going to be the same. Um, it's very important that you want what God wants to deliver. Uh, that's very important because, again, we can kind of say, God, I like it when you do this. Well, you may like it when he does that, and he lo may love to do that, but he also loves other stuff. And um, he's just, he's too creative to be confined. And so, you know, we don't want to create services where there's, you know, there's this particular outpouring that we only want that expression. Because the minute you want that, then you'll find yourself probably getting over an error. Um, because you'll be trying to fabricate something that isn't technically there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, you know, um, at the end of the day, we just want what the Holy Ghost wants. But we need to be able to be vocal in our praise. And, um, you know, a lot of times when we come into service, we kind of, if we don't watch out and say we, I'm just being general. I'm not literally saying Anchor Faith Church, you understand. Um, that if we don't watch out, um, we, don't, we don't see this time where we can sing unto the Lord as valuable. It's kind of like, it's not a warm-up. I mean, it's not a warm-up. Uh, there's perfect. Now, at the end of the day, there is, I, I would say, for lack of a better expression, it's kind of traditional that you sing first. It's kind of traditional. Uh, you don't have to, and we've kind of broke the mold a few times where I just got up and started preaching. You know, and then people like show up like, he's already preaching. What's going on? You know, it's, we're just throwing a curveball out there because the Bible doesn't say you have to sing first. Okay, um, you know, and we've actually had services before. How many remember when we did two services in here and um, all of a sudden we had some prayer time go and it ended up taking us through first service all the way into second service, right? I mean, that was just what the Holy Ghost wanted to do. So people were coming to second service and we're like in the middle of doing something. We just didn't stop. It just kept going, right? That wasn't every time, but it does take place. Um, but, you know, we need to have a value in praise uh, because the Bible has quite a bit to say about it, and there's going to be a time that, you know, you're going to be doing it a little more often than we do it now, okay? So we want to see the value behind it. So when do we praise? The Bible says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall what? Continually be in my mouth, all right? Now, that's really concentrated effort, all right, at the end of the day, because there's a lot going on in our lives just every day. And for, for you to stop in a moment and just give him praise, you have to be conscientious about that. But it literally says, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I mean, today, case in point, um, you know, not only are we doing remodel here at the church, uh, you know, and then obviously I'm having to make adjustments for my mother, but, at, you know, my house, uh, as a lot of you know, um, had a leak 
with my dishwasher that ended up ruining my kitchen cabinet, so I had to gut that. So my mom's there without a sink. I don't even have a kitchen sink. Praise the Lord. No countertops. They're not there. I have a utility sink in the laundry room. That's what we're using. <laughs> and um, I just finished putting the towel in the bathroom that's, you know, um, the little half bath we have around the living room area that, you know, she could use, um, you know, should she need to there. And so I had to put tile in that. We had to set the floor and all that. Well, the last little piece I was trying to accomplish before I came tonight was to put a little threshold transition piece between my wood floor and this new tile floor, right? So I had a piece. I measured it. One side, the jam was enough that I could slide under. The other, it wasn't. So I notched it. No problem. I went out there to the chop saw. I started trying to cut the little thing out, you know, trying to use a tool not necessarily right for the job. Do I have any guys that have ever done that? Not right for the job. So, you know, I'm working it. I got the one side. I know I'm fixing to have to pull this thing out, and I'll just, like, clip it off. And it fumbled. Well, when it fumbled, the blade decided it would catch it. Yeah. So now my threshold looks like it's been chewed up by a dog. Now, I've been studying, right, and I've been a little prayer for tonight's service, you know, and so I was just like, let me just knock this out real quick, and then I'll come back. Well, then it wasn't quick now. Now, I'm out in the garage starting to sweat, you know, and I'm like, mm. So, you know, I said, are you serious right now? You know, what am I going to do about this? I'm going to Nicaragua tomorrow. All I want to do is put the little transition piece in. Are you sitting down thinking, I got another transition piece? Because we took one out. Where is that one at? Did I throw that away? <laughs> you know, so now you're looking around a garage that looks like a bomb went off in it because, you know, we've moved stuff out. You know, I mean, my wife would never want any of y'all to come to my house right now, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, you're living in chaos. So, you know, we're... And lo and behold, I found that piece. Praise the Lord. So I said, praise the Lord when I found it. But I had to be intentional because I was feeling some, you know, other superlatives. Right? You're like, come on. This is seriously happening right now. So I cut that, you know, and then this time I'm like not using the saw for this little notch out. So I went and grabbed, which this is like genius because I'm having to put shoe mold down on my baseboard. And they had this little... Little click, yeah. That's the will of God for your life, man. I mean, I, back in the day, you run out to the chop saw, chop that thing, come back. It doesn't fit. You trim it a little bit more, right? Ah, trim it a little bit more. Nah, it's too much. Throw it, get another piece, right? Yeah. But this thing, you just clip it and go. So I'm like, I'm going to do it. So I'm like, <laughs> I got it. Anyway, I got it. Got it where it was going to sit. But the guy that helped me with the towel, he and I both... <laughs> Didn't measure that one side, and the little track that slides down is a little too thick. So I was like, ah, forget it. I just picked it up, took my glue, set it down by the chair, shut the door, and started doing the message. <laughs> and then said, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> right? Now, I didn't feel like a praise, but I'm like, what am I going to do now? Let's just do it anyway. Let's just praise the Lord. Because, you know, he's probably thinking the whole time, it ain't going to be right. <laughs> Are you hearing me? All right. So, again, praise them is not something we do when things are great. 
Praise is not something we do when things are bad. Praise is something we just do, right? Because, again, I was just hearing Brother Hagen the other day because, you know, again, my mom, uh, we want to put her in an environment where she's hearing constantly about healing. So I pulled up some of Brother Hagen's teaching on healing. And um, he was, you know, on the little YouTube channel, and he's talking and, and speaking about things concerning healing. And he made this statement. He says, he said he was in a particular place to get people healed, and he was asking the question, why do you want to be healed? Right? Because he ended up going from the area where he was ministering concerning healing where Peter went and uh, rebuked the fever off of um, um, Peter's mother-in-law, and then she went and served the Lord. He said a lot of people want to be healed to do their own thing. Right? The Lord wants to heal you so you'll do his thing. So he's talking about that, you know. He says, you know why? So he asked a particular woman one time. He said, well, why do you want to be here? She said, well, I want to play tennis. Yeah. He said, well, now there's nothing wrong with playing tennis, but the Lord doesn't have to heal you for tennis if you're not willing to do what he's called you to do. Okay. I mean, I'm listening to some of Brother Hagin's stuff right now. He'd be, he'd be so controversial in today's church. So controversial in today's church, uh, some of the things that he would communicate. But at the end of the day, why are we? And then he said this. He said, I've been around people who have a hard time getting healing because they're so focused on the healing, and they quit focusing on the healer. They are so stuck in, I want, I'm going to be healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, that they've forgotten the healer. I mean, you can get off just, the enemy can help you get off just enough to keep a result from coming. So, there, so this lets us know when it comes to praise, praise should just be because he is. There's no other, I mean, would I praise him if I was sick and he healed my body? Sure. Would I praise him if I had a financial need and he met it? Sure. Would I praise him if I needed a job and he created? Yes. If I was in some kind of trouble, he delivered me? Yes. But at the end of the day, well, let's just praise him. And if I end up praising him just because of who he is, then even in those moments, he knows I'm real. I, I really just praising you because at the end of the day, you're worthy to be praised, period. And I know you, you want to deliver me anyway. But I don't want praise to only come once you've done something for me. Once you've done something for me. This happens in marriage relationships. You don't watch out. You don't praise your spouse. You're waiting for them to do something for you before you praise them. Instead of just acknowledging you're better in silver and gold. You're, you're valuable. God brought you to me. Right? So in this relationship with God, we should just want to praise him, period. Which means it should be easy for us, but a lot of times we just actually forget about him. Praise puts us in remembrance. Because no matter what's going on, God. God. Now when I say that, I'm not saying that he's going to take care of it independent of a belief with you or you being involved. I'm not saying, I'm just saying God is holy. He is worthy to be praised. And even when I don't know how to overcome a situation yet, or I'm not yet in faith about something, I can still praise his holy name. And so I'm not praising you to use you. 
I'm not giving you accolades. Have you been around those people before? They're like, again, I've had this happen a couple of Oh, man, you're so anointed. I'm not anointed, okay? I mean, that's not from them. They're only saying that because they want me to notice them. So the accolade is for notice. That creates an environment. Because at the end of the day, those things become obvious. The smooshing, the you're all this, that, and the other. The, if the heart's not right in that praise, the atmosphere will demonstrate it. It will totally demonstrate it. Because all it's saying is, will you say this about me? Are you hearing me? So, the Lord heard. Praise the Lord. That's right. He's like, quit smooshing. Just praise me. <laughs> Even the thunder will praise him. Amen. Nature does praise the Lord. We'll see that here tonight. Amen. It blew the camera out. This is great. Love it. All right. I'm glad you brought your electronic device. Um, so we should praise him continually. We saw then in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, it said, but about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of uh, praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now, again, last week we talked about the context of that, of what kind of trouble they were in, but yet they just were like, let's just praise the Lord. And then we actually read the songs that they sung during that moment that scholars believe that they would have actually sang literal uh, songs that were written in the, you know, what we have in our, our, the Old Testament, and they were singing those because we know that the Israelites, they definitely would remember things through songs. They would train their, stu their, their children so that, that generations and generations and generations will remember the things that God has done, okay? And so they were doing that. And then I made this statement, what kind of praise will cause the sinner to remain with the voice of the saved instead of fleeing when the opportunity to go their own way presents itself? Again, Paul and Silas are in prison only because they rebuked an evil spirit out of a girl. The rest of that are in the jail deserve to be there. But yet, when all the prison doors open and the chains are loose because of a song, None of them leave. None of them leave. Now, they understood the source where power was. And when you have a real praise to the Lord, then you'll demonstrate where your source of power is that then can produce power in your life, that people will see the power of God in your life because you're praising him. Pastor, uh, hey, uh, Pastor Hagen has a book called The Untapped Power of Praise. And again, we could go through here and, and talk about how praises do this, that, and the other, right? Because praise is just acknowledging God, no matter what's going on, you're God, and I love you, and you're worthy to be praised, period, anyway, period. I mean, it, it doesn't matter good, bad, right, wrong, injustice, ju whatever. You're just worthy to be praised, and I'm not focusing on me. I'm just going to focus on you. And there have been many times during those moments that God ended up showing up and doing certain things that brought power available. Because if we don't watch out, we won't praise him. We'll complain like the rest. If people at work are complaining about how high pri the pri gas prices are, how much, and you're like, yeah, I know, man, this is like $5. Well, do you see your sound like them? You know, I, I noticed it was five, but praise the Lord. He has allowed my gas to go further. 
If that's true, testify. Praise him for it. Are you hearing me? I was thinking about my mom today. You know, Lord, you just going to talk to me about how this thing's going to progress, right? Because in my mind, I started thinking, I want to take her back to the place she was where they were rehabilitating her so she could just walk in on, on a court and say, hey, ladies, how are y'all doing? Right? I mean, let's just praise. Let, let's give a praise of what you can do. Amen? At the end of the day, you know? I mean, how can we? But at the end of the day, if she doesn't walk back in there to do that particular exploit, let's just praise him anyway. Are you hearing me? So we're going to praise the Lord. With that being said, look at Colossians chapter 3, because again, Paul and Silas's praise was wrapped in the word. You really don't have a praise if you're not saying what God is saying. And so, you know, in just a natural sense, it's very important that your praise reaches your revelation. Now, what do I mean by that? There was a time when I was in a denominational church that all I knew about Jesus was that he saved us. That's all I knew about him. So any songs associated with how bad I was and how much he forgave me, I would sing those songs, and that was very easy to sing. And can I sing it in that particular context? I was this way, and now you saved me. Sure, I could sing that today. But I also know I'm not sorry anymore or worthless or unworthy now because he made me worthy. I was unworthy, but now I've been made worthy. So I focus on being made worthy and not that I am, I'm, I'm just not worthy. You know, I shouldn't even sing. You know, I, I don't go there. So then songs that kind of backtrack the revelation I'm in, it's hard for me to sing those songs because it's not a praise from me. It, just because it's wrapped in music doesn't make it a praise song. And just because it mentions things, words in the Bible, doesn't make it a praise song either, right? I remember when I was, first time I did youth ministry uh, a long time ago, that I had some students uh, come up and, and, and this is a very old song, so most of y'all won't know this anyway, but, and I think it was Stone, probably wasn't, Collective Soul. I always want to say Stone Temple Pilots, but it's not. Collective Soul, thank you. Collective Soul, I'm not endorsing the bands, I'm just, it was secular band, but Collective Soul had a song called Heaven Let Your Light Shine Down. How many of you remember that song? Yeah, my youth group wanted me to play it, wanted us to sing it. No, we're not singing. Just because it has heaven doesn't make it a praise song. Now, I don't know if this is truth. It was told me that that individual wrote that song while in a strip club watching someone strip. Now, if that's true, that's a different environment. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay. At the end of the day, just because heaven's there, a lot of people associate heaven. I mean, you know how many country songs have heaven or God in it? And they're the most depressing things on the face of the planet. I mean, if we, you know, fired up a banjo... I mean, we'd be in trouble right now. We'd be in so much doubt and unbelief. But using words from the Bible. And they'll even like take little phrases and actions that happen in the Bible and put it in their country songs. That doesn't make it a praise song. Now, there are some churches that are producing stuff that you can watch on YouTube or you can download their music, but their doctrine is not our doctrine. Which means then their praise is not our praise. And it is their praise based upon what they know. 
So for me, some songs I can't sing because I'm like, we're going to have to reword that. I'm going to have to say something else. I got to change that because that's not the context of what I know. Because if I sing that, then in essence, I would be singing doubt and unbelief or something contrary to what Scripture is. You know what? People do hold a firm belief that God puts sick sickness on your body to teach you something. And I understand that's what they believe. But if they actually studied the scripture, they could not find that as a true statement. They could not find it. Couldn't find it at all. Now, can sickness come because of disobedience? Yeah, right. Well, you know, I, why don't you just get obedient then? Uh, because when you get in disobedience, you open yourself up to another player that's on the field. His name's the devil. Right? And he will accommodate you and tell you God did it. <laughs> Are you hearing me? So look what it says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, though. I think this is important. It says, let the word of the Lord Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Notice it said, let the word of the Lord Christ, this, you know, particular one they pull up, mine just says the word of Christ, okay? So what should dominate us is the word of the king. That's what should richly dwell within us, not what someone says, and it's not truth, even though it came from the Bible. Because you can take the Bible out of context, correct? So what we have to do is we have to say, okay, let me go to context. Let me just say it this way. There are some psalms in the Old Covenant I couldn't sing in the New Covenant. Because it's an Old Covenant song, and I'm in a new and better covenant. It is true in the Old Covenant by which it was written. But in the New Covenant, there's a new song. <laughs> in fact, you'll get a new song. I said, you'll get a new song because you're born of God now. So we want our praise to match his words and the revelation of our life. And we're in Christ. Now notice, when we get this, we can actually admonish one another. Another way to encourage each other is to sing to each other. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? You know, I think sometimes we ought to break out in a musical how many of you love musical show? You know, there you go. And but they, the, everything's sung, right? You know, husbands and wives ought to do that. You, husbands, you ought to just come home tomorrow and just start singing the whole night. Just sing. Just do it a musical. <laughs> Tell her how much you love her in singing. You know, and how great the food is in singing, right? And how great the house looks, or how you know wonderful she is in singing. It'd be like a musical. <laughs> But notice, you can admonish one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, right? So not all songs, and we say spiritual, obviously any song by the Spirit in a language you know would be a spiritual song, but it also applies to unknown tongue. You can sing in the Spirit, and that's offering praise. Now, it's unfruitful to your mind, but your, His Spirit is speaking to your spirit, and you're releasing it through your mouth, and the next day, how many of you ever sang 
a spiritual song or in the spirit, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, I've had great edification in my own personal life. I know I've, uh, environment has been created when my wife and I have been doing something at the house or whatever, and we just are, we were getting ready for a particular meeting somewhere else, and we began to just pray, and then we're both praying in the spirit, and we're both singing in the spirit, and then sometimes it would just kind of connect together, and, and a whole atmosphere would change. It would heighten, so to speak, is what I'm saying. And it would bring encouragement and strengthen us specifically, right? And then we're singing with thankfulness and your hearts to God. So your praise actually is supposed to be to God, not to man anyway, which is part of the epidemic we had. And I touched on a little bit last week is that, you know, right now there's so many um, focuses on who's singing the songs, right? It's no longer, you know, it, you know, whatever the ministry name is, it's featuring this specific artist. And so all of a sudden, you know, they're all coming out with their own individual stuff. Now, I don't have a problem with the individual's name. I'm just saying sometimes that can get really self-glorification. And it's no different than the world then. And it does create an atmosphere. And listen, if we don't talk about this, then all, you, all you'll do is you'll go and YouTube all this stuff and you'll just sing it and you'll think you're right with God. And some of the stuff you don't listen to what you're saying is horrible. How many remember Van Halen? I'm going to date myself a little bit. Van Halen. Now, I'm talking about original Van Halen. Okay, how about the other Van Halen or Van Hagar? Now, Van Hagar, right? happened when I was in high school. Some of these guys, are, you're like, I don't know who you're talking about. Good. You don't need to. Anyway, um, when Sammy Hagar came to Van Halen, he sang a song called The Best of Both Worlds. And just like I said, music has a way of getting in you. It's catchy enough that you can remember. And again, all just about everybody in this room has had some exposure to secular music some willful some because you worked at a retail store that played the same playlist every day and you couldn't help but get the song down am i right right so there are songs that we could start singing and you would be able to jump right into it now, again, I said last time, last week, that m most of us, when we were in our teens, you know, and for the, some of you who are still there, you know, uh, in, in our rebellion state, you know, when we were like trying to, to stay with the world but seem spiritual, right? How many mere footloose when it first came out? I tried to use that on my mom. That was not smart. That was stupid. That was so dumb. But, you know, you're, you're trying to find a way to stay, be carnal. Right? When you want to be carnal, you're trying to justify your carnality and use the Bible. Mom, let's watch Footloose. <laughs> anyway, so this line, Sammy Hagar, best of both worlds. I can quote it, right? He says, um, you don't have to die and go to heaven or hang around to be born again. All you got to do is take what this world has got to offer because we may never be here again. I got the best of both worlds. And I listened to that. Over. That, now, this is a teenager. Right? That's literally what you're singing. Now, that's a conflict to the Baptist boy that's going to Archer First Baptist every Sunday. 
but yet I'm singing it like it's no big deal. Yet it's still, I can quote the lyric. And what's crazy is my mom would kind of, now son, I don't know that all those words are good for you. And you're like, you, you blow it off. I'm telling you, there are worship songs that you need to quit listening to. Because it will breed doubt. Because the song being sung by the group doesn't have the revelation that you have. And so because it's catchy and you can sing it and it's coming from a church group, it can actually hinder your faith. Now, I'm going to preach on this extensively, but, I, but it's, it's got me now where I'm like, I'm going to preach on this. So I'm going to make the statement, then I'm going to come back and enforce it later on, okay? I'm going to do a series on faith because we should always continue to aspire to live by faith. James says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, right? And that scripture tells us it comes out of this context. If a man lacks wisdom, right? Let him ask God how in faith, right? But if he doubts, he's like a man tossed to and fro like the sea. That man can expect to receive nothing. You know what, you know what the Lord said? He says, son, I have people who are firmly persuaded. They are in faith that I'll do it without a doubt. And they'll look you in the face and say, I do believe God. But then they'll be just as firmly persuaded in doubt. And what did my word say? When they go back between the two, their firm persuasion in will never get them a result. Because that man ought to expect to receive nothing, even when you're actually in faith. Oh, you don't want to hear this. So you got to be this person that I'll never go to doubt about a situation because the minute you jump to doubt in a situation you just canceled your ability to receive and many of us are getting into the doubt because we're singing songs that don't line up with our belief and we're singing them like we believe them are that way, but yet they actually are laced with doubt and unbelief. Yeah. It happened. And you'll end up singing a song and singing it, and with all your heart, you know, you're praising God, but that song has doubt. And now what you're believing for is jeopardized. You say, well, how can I get it? Stay in faith. Stay in faith. Now, I can hear it right now. I hear it clicking already. See, this is why I said, oh, maybe I shouldn't even have said it now. Uh, because they're like, well, now, brother, I believe. I don't care what you believe. I believe the Bible. And the Bible is very clear. A man who's tossed to and fro between a persuasion can expect to receive nothing. Which tells me in that situation he's believing for, he'll have to kick over to a firm persuasion and never go back to doubt for it ever to show up again. Period. And I know many believers today struggle in their faith because they'll look you in the face, I mean, mad. I do believe. You did, but you also doubted. And now you're stuck. 
You're going to have to get out of that mold and just stay in belief only till it comes. Never wavering. All right. That's why I guard what I put in me. I've read some books from some people, but I remember there's one particular author that I really enjoy. Um, wrote a book on faith. And so when I started to read the book, um, it already set wrong in my spirit because there was a lot of kind of kind of like, you know, I'm not trying to talk about faith, but I'm going to kind of come from an angle that's a little different, you know, and try to communicate. A lot of people said it, so this is probably going to sound a little bit different. So there's just a lot of like, so what, what are we doing here, right? And there was enough, and I'm like, you know what, I'm not reading this. Because I was actually in a faith project. And I'm like, I can't have anything make me question my firm persuasion. Now, later on, I actually went to the church of this particular author, and I asked the question, what was going on when they wrote that book? And they said, well, someone died. Somebody died. And out of this death, this book came, and there was some way trying to somehow put to peace how could someone that perceivably was in faith didn't make it well the minute you try to write a book to support someone's experience you're going to get in trouble you're going to get in trouble and that was the problem so i never read the book and won't ever read it because i have stood firmly persuaded on very impossible stuff and they've always come to pass Always. He's never failed to do his word. Never. 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 He's never done it. Never done it. Are you hearing me? So, I just believe God. We believe God. So we need to make sure we're praising him full of faith. All right, look at Ephesians 5. Why is this important? Look at this association. This right here is pretty cool. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 20. Look what it says. And do not get drunk with wine, for that would be, one translation says debauchery, right? But be what? Filled with the Spirit. Now, when you're filled with the Spirit, verse 19, speaking to one another, how? In psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to who? The Lord. Always giving thanks to all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to God, uh, even the Father. I find this interesting that he tells us obviously not to get drunk, right? Don't get drunk with wine. Number one, do not allow something to influence your mind that gets it intoxicated. All right? Okay. N number two, being filled with the Spirit has a, the ability to intoxicate you. In essence, it's an influencer. Alcohol is an influencer. And what does alcohol do? It influences your judgment. Drink enough, watch it happen. Right? And when you start, it starts. Then you can get your, you can get your blood level to assimilate more alcohol. But the more you can actually drink 
and not actually feel the same way as when you started. That just means you have more alcohol already in your system. Which means you're already moving towards being an alcoholic. And we call it social drinking. All right. I refuse to allow anything to have an influence in my brain. Words are intoxicating. Words are intoxicating. Come on, am I telling the truth? I mean, guys, you, when you were single, people could start talking to you and you get intoxicated by it. I mean, you couldn't get them out of your head. You'd be thinking about them all the time, be wanting to call them. We have this expression called being love sick. Right? It's all in your mind. Well, does the devil try to intoxicate you with words? I mean, he'll start bombarding you. You're not going to make it. You can't make it. It's really this way. This is what they mean. This is how they're acting. Look what they're doing. And he's constantly giving you all kinds of case scenarios, what ifs, to intoxicate your clarity. So he's associating, obviously, natural drinking and I could run through a whole lot of scripture concerning just not drinking wine or strong drink at all. All right? If you want to know where, I, where, where I'm at on the realm of alcohol, get vision beyond sight. Vision beyond sight. Period. Okay? With that being said, he says, be filled with the Spirit. In essence, allow your mind to be influenced by the Spirit. And when you get this total influence by the Spirit, it's going to create a song in you. Amen. So that tells me that when I'm being filled with the Spirit, meaning when I'm praying in the Spirit, when I'm filling myself up, when, I'm, when I've read the Word and then I'm praying in the Spirit and I'm being full, getting full of the Spirit of God, and again, the Holy Ghost came upon them at the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, but then Acts chapter 4, they get filled with the Holy Ghost again, right? So there's this like continual outpouring that the Holy Ghost can empower you with. So you can, it means be being filled is what that means. So again, don't get drunk with wine because again, if, you know, if I was passing out bottles tonight and say, everybody, you're going to drink, we're going to drink, you know, a case together, okay? And then by tomorrow, that effect would eventually wear off, which means we would have to, in order to get that effect, you have to do it again. If this didn't work, okay. There was no bars if that wasn't the case, right? It's the same with the Spirit. You have the Holy Ghost in you, but if you want this overwhelming influence that it can dictate your mouth and your praise, you're going to have to be being filled. Be being filled. And many people... The reason why believers are struggling today is because they're reading a word without being being filled. They don't value the spirit behind the word. So you read the scripture, check a box off, I read it, yet you weren't filled. Again, I was talking to someone just the other day, that is like you eating food, putting it in your mouth three times a day, but then throwing up every time. You can honestly look at me and say, I ate today but you had no nutritional value because you did not let it become a part of you. And that's what people do when they read the Bible without being being filled is that they, I read it, but you're not letting it permeate you. It's not becoming a part of you. It's not actually growing you. It's not going to the places so that you're changed at the end. 
And then you've deceived yourself. Well, I eat every day. You're bulimic. Is that what it's called, bulimic? You're bulimic. You're shriveling up with all this food that you put in. And you're dying. You're shutting down. And believers are coming to churches, hearing something, but then living completely dry lives. And then they run to the bottle. I'm talking believers. To get their mind off the problem, when he says, be being filled. You want to get your mind off the problem? Get filled with the Spirit. Just go ahead and get filled with the Spirit. So really, we should have more of a drunk spirit crowd. I mean, I'm so intoxicated with the Spirit of God and the reality of God and what he's doing and what's about his life that it would create a continual praise in my mouth because this stuff around here is temporary. How can a man or a woman have all kinds of problems go into the bar and by the time they come out, they don't have a problem? Now, do they have a problem? They have a problem. But they will tell you they don't have a problem. They're laughing. Right? And some that are timid will get empowered. Are you hearing me? Because they get under an influence. And the Lord's like, why do you allow some cheap imitation that's only tearing your body down and messing your mind and actually opening it up for more demonic activity? Because you can't control the thoughts that come in now. But be being filled. Get full of the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the Spirit so that your praise then can come out that way, that it's just like, it's just coming out. I mean, you've been around a drunkard, a stammering lips. This is what happened on the day of Pentecost. That's why Peter asked you, said, they are not drunk as you suppose. Because they had stammering lips. And they're not speaking in tongues. We know they're just slurring their speech when a, a natural drunk... Are you hearing me? But with us, we can seem like we have stammering lips because we are full of the Spirit of God. And it'll bring a praise to you. And a spiritual praise apparently can bring an earthquake. If that's what's necessary, not only to demonstrate his power. Because again, when we read the Psalms that Paul and Silas was reading, it was directly attacking the gods of that community that the majority of those guys in prison were worshiping. So in essence, God says, because you've praised me, because of all that they believe here, and then they put you in jail because you've done my bidding, yeah, no problem. I'm going to demonstrate through you I am that God. Because then when the jail cells open and the chains come off, Paul and Silas do not jump up and run. So we know they were not praying, Lord, get us out. They were not praying that prayer. Get us out. They were not doing that. They were just praising him. They had no intentions to leave jail. In fact, I would, I would surmise that Paul already had his mind made up to what his mind was made up. They had put me in wrong, and they're going to come get me out. They've, they have wrongly done me. Because this is what they, they don't know. I'm a Roman, number one. <laughs> I mean, there's all kind of stuff he was probably going through his mind. And then at the end of the day, obviously after he's bandaged up, saves that whole jailer's household. No telling how many prisoners got saved. Then when they say, well, you're free to go now, Paul's like, no, I'm not leaving. 
<laughs> you tell them to come get me. Right? Because we started a church here, and the church is not some weak, um, oh, I, uh, there's a particular minister over in Texas that I've done some conferences with. He used this word, and it's really good. Jellyback. Said a jellyback. Says, we know jellyback. Like a jellyback. That's pretty good. Are you a jellyback? Now, if that's derogatory, I don't know that. This comes from a guy that looks nothing like me. He's a lot darker than I am. Just let you know. But I'm like, no spawn. It has to be what I'm assuming he's saying. Now, if you know something other, let me know, and I'll never use the term again. All right? But I'm like, no spawn. No spawn. Wow. We need to have a spawn. And Paul did. So we need to be being filled with the Spirit. All right? And it'll bring praises. With that being said, let's look at a couple things because I just want you to know when you understand who the king is, you're going to have to, you'll open your mouth and praise. Look what it says in Psalms 47. Let's read this psalm. Let's read a song together. You know, it says, oh, clap your hands, all people. Shout to God with a voice of joy. So this is kind of like an expression. I would, I would imagine this is a pretty upbeat song. <laughs> have a hard time thinking this is a ballad, right? Oh, 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 clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with a voice of joy. For the Lord Most High is to be feared a great what? King over all the earth. He subdues people under us and nations under our feet. He chooses our inheritance for us, the glory of Jacob, whom he loves, Selah. God has ascended with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Now, notice these are instruments. So I don't understand how some of these churches get off and act like, you know, you can't bring musical instruments in. That's just the craziest thing on the face of the planet. Right? Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises for God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with a skillful song. God reigns over the nation. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people have assembled themselves as the people of the God of Abraham for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. When we recognize he's king, you, you understand, in essence, this right here is thinking of this procession where the king's showing up. Have we, is there a time of praise when the king showed up in Jerusalem? Sure, look at Mark chapter 11, verse 9 and 10. He comes in on a donkey and it says, those who went front and those following were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. And you know, the religious got really upset at that song. But because they were recognizing him as Messiah, that they were declaring through their song, this is the king. And they were dropping palm leaves down, preparing a path for him. They were rejoicing. Here's our king who's going to come and save us. I mean, what would you do if Jesus walked in the room right now? I would hope that you are living so holy, you would be at a, I mean, have a praise in your mouth, not fall on, your ground, on the ground, which we'll all bow before him. Make no mistake about that. But you're down in shame because, oh, my gosh, the king showed up and I'm not where I need to be. No, we need to have a praise. The king's coming. I said the king's coming. The king's coming. He's coming again. I said he's coming again. He's got coming as a suffering servant. He's coming as a king 
with a scepter full of justice. Right? I mean, it's going to be a shout when the trumpet blows. Notice, there's a trumpet in heaven waiting to blow. A musical instrument. And I, I would surmise it's going to be something. We'll be caught up together with him. I mean, there's going to be shouts of praise. Just like there's praising going on to him right now. I mean, he's so worthy to be praised. We know, again, there are creatures that are just flying around singing the same song. Probably different music. That's what I'm suspecting. But the words are the same based upon what it's written. And they are singing that song. Praising him. Praising him. Praising him. Praising him. Psalms 98, let's read this psalm. Again, these are psalms, and let me just say it this way. Um, you know, I do this, and it's in my own private time, right? Because, again, could I sit down and write music? Yes, okay? But at the end of the day, uh, I typically don't do that. Uh, but sometimes I can get a tune or whatever that I'm, I'm getting with something. And sometimes, just for fun, I'll just sing it in whatever comes up. Because at the end of the day, I just want to praise him. This ain't about whether it's recorded for you to hear. It's recorded for him to hear. Man, we need to get a recording. Well, has he recorded anything from you? Where's your recording just to him? <laughs> I'm not saying we shouldn't do recordings, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying what's the most important recording is that he has recorded hearing you sing a praise to him. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wonderful things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained the victory for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his loving kindness and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. Look at this. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of God. Verse 4, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Now, he's asking the earth to have, and that's just not people. Look what it says. Break forth and sing for joy and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, uh, with the lyre and the, and the sound of melody. Again, these are instruments with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Shout joyfully before who? The king, the Lord. Now, look at verse 7. Let the sea roar and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers Clap their hands. Didn't know rivers had hands. Maybe that's why we like to sit out on the ocean and keep hearing it come in and just hear that because it's probably giving praise to God. I mean, when I was reading, I thought I was just starting to imagine. So that's what the waves are doing. The sea's coming in and bowing down before the Lord. It just bows down again. It just bows down again. It just bows down again. Now, why does it bow? Because he said, here's your boundary. Oh, you. And they're like, Lord, you're good. Boom. And they just keep rolling in. It's almost like holy, just crashing. Boom, holy. They just falling down. Boom, holy. You're holy, Lord. You're holy. I mean, if you're listening. Because even creation is crying out for the sons of God to be, which means there's a voice in creation that's talking about the things of God. In fact, Romans tells us that because of mere creation, we don't even have an excuse not to give our lives to God. His invisible attributes are openly declaring, which means all of nature is singing a praise. If you actually have an ear to hear, you'd hear it. That's why you like to sit out in the garden 
That's why you like to hear the breeze uh, rustle through the leaves. Because the reality is it's actually singing to the Lord. So the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together with joy. Right? Have you ever gone to a mountain? I mean, we, us from Florida, anytime we go to mountains, we're like, wow, right? It's like we pick up their song. Wow. Ooh, awesome. They're like, that's what we're saying about God. Awesome. <laughs> right? Before the Lord, he, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with, right? Is the king coming? I said, is the king coming? He's going to catch us away. We're going to praise him. Rewards are going to be given all over the place. And then he's going to say, now it's time to go back and take the planet. And I'm going to lead the charge. He's going to get on a white horse. Woo. I said, he's going to get on a white horse. He's going to have a name. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's going to be in his robe. He's going to be coming down. Are you hearing me? And the world's going to praise him and he's going to crush his enemy. Then he'll take up dominion for a millennium in a, in, a, in a dispensation of reigning without the devil in any of his areas bound up. Then he'll release him only for him to deceive, to show back up, and at a word, the king will conquer his foe once and for all, meaning he'll just go ahead and give him his judgment, cast him into the lake of fire, which is the second death, never, ever again to deceive or be about deceiving. And then all who do not call on his name will be cast into that same lake of fire with their father, the devil, because they chose to not praise the Lord. I have, through the years, and I try to get an increase. I'm not saying that I've gotten there. But these are areas in my life, myself, that I begin to evaluate. How fast do I praise him? Because sometimes when I'm lacking that praise, it's because I'm spending too much time trying to figure it out in my own effort. I've become so consumed on how we're going to overcome this, that, and the other, that even in my seeking, I'm not saying, praise you, Lord. And through the years, I've had to fix that, you know, get it quicker. Because you can get so locked in sometimes in Scripture looking for an answer when all we need is a praise to release a revelation. And I just want to be able to Acknowledge him all the time. Recognize it. Even in the midst, just be at a stop. How many of you have said ha, ha, ha the last few days? Way more than you've ever said in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the only reason you're doing that is because we talked about it. Faith comes by hearing. Now, six months from now, when we hadn't talked about this in a while, we'll find out how much ha, ha you're doing. So what you have to do is you have to start making it a part of your life that you can hit it again in order to maintain this level of ha, 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 joy in the circumstance, and the same thing with praise. But your praise won't go to the level that it needs to go, because here's the thing about praise. 
Even though we don't preach it every Sunday, we sing it every Sunday. There's an expression every service. And how are you engaging? Come on, you hearing what I'm saying? <sighs> okay. Come here, Matt. I mean, you got to decide what you're going to do every time you come in the door. And you got to determine how much of God and that you want because again if you don't watch out you'll get an expression you'll limit God in his expression pastor Marcus worship team y'all go and get up there start playing something uh-huh <laughs> right Okay, next practice, we're going to teach them how to get up there faster. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. Tab's like, I got this. Yeah. Now, service just started, right? We had a countdown video getting you all ready. And all of a sudden, they're singing. But then you're back here doing this. So, how was work today? Yeah, how was your week? You know, okay. You know, I was having this, that, and the other going on, da-da-da-da-da. We over here fellowshipping on a wall. And you, and your answer to your problem, you're talking with, to your buddy right here on the wall, may be in your Lord that you should already be singing to because it's time to praise. Oh, you don't want to hear this. Because again, we... If we don't watch out, we're trying to dictate when we praise, when he says, praise me continually. And it's not like that God hasn't told. I mean, there ain't nobody owning a business right now that would allow their employee to show up 5, 10, 15 minutes late every day. You'd be like, where are you at? How come you hadn't come to work? Well, you know, I just figured at the beginning of the job, you'd be like getting the site together. You know, and then I, you know, I just came in when it's like really time to work. I mean, it's really time to praise. So, you know, we get a little latte and we like hanging out. And I now don't get me wrong. I, if you're if it's like a, a one time or a few time like you're engaged. OK, but if you would at least be conscious enough to say, hey, man, listen, listen, um, this has been a great conversation but my king's waiting on me. Can we get this right after service? Can we get that right after service? Because the, the king's waiting on me. The king has ordained a time that the band would start and that I want to get in there and get that thing. In fact, why don't you just walk me? Let's get in there a little bit early. That way when it hits, then, you know, we can carry this conversation a minute. Okay, and then here we are. Right? Now again, maybe we're a little late today. Maybe something you got called in a little sick. But if that's normal that we're doing that, then the reality is you don't know the power of your praise. And you're putting God in a dimension that he himself refuses to get stuck in. Well, son, if you want me to do for you, you're going to praise me. 
because all the earth's going to praise me. And if you think I'm coming to your situation just because you studied a little bit and you showed up when you wanted to and now you're calling out on me to do my word, I want you want me to do my word? Fine. Why don't you praise me a little bit? But again, we see these things as natural, right? We don't understand that this is really a spiritual impact right now, that these aren't here for showpieces. Because God actually gave talents to individuals so that it would help bring in a musical uh, atmosphere that could drive demons out, bring revelation to the fivefold ministry, bring healings about. It's like, where's the expectation? But when we're not be being filled, then it's just like, this is like the warm-up. This ain't a warm-up for me. This is like, and I tell you, uh, most of the time I'm like, whoo, gosh, I, I hate the admin of church on Sunday. It happens. But I try to resist as much as I can. And again, I get it. People try to come up and say, hey, pastor, can I talk to you? I mean, it happens. And you're like, man, I, I want to talk to you so bad. But ah, I really want to go see my king right now. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, I, I really want to go just, I've been, I just want to spend some time with him, with the rest of my brothers and sister, because I got some stuff going on too, and I need to hear from heaven, and it could show up in my praise today. And so please, can I just go praise him with you? I just want to praise him with you. So what kind, I mean, because we already know, based upon our teaching of the spirit and the soul, that the easiest place to have an emotional response is with this. I mean, cause that, those instruments can get us down low. Bring it down, bring it down. Bring it down, bring it down, bring it down. And then they can bring it up, come on. Get a crescendo going to where you're like, yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. But again, that can be totally disconnected from the spirit. But when you come in, I've come to see the king because the rivers are clapping, the mountains are shouting, the leaves are talking, and I am of his nature. I've been made by him. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to lift my, my voice. I'm going to clap. I'm going to raise my holy hands. I'm going to participate 100% because, again, the foyer, the wall, outside, talking about your situation is not what's giving you the overcoming. Bring it down. Look, let me just say it this way. God is too intelligent. Nor, as Prophet John Todd told Pastor Marcus one time, he said, God will never have you in two places at once. Because if he needs you in one place, then you're not necessary somewhere else. And it's amazing how many saints want to take the Holy Ghost position and counsel when he said it's time for service. Now you may be able to give biblical answers, but how are you competing with the Holy Ghost when he says, let's go ahead and, because I'm telling you, if it's really the Holy Ghost needs you, then we should be sitting back here waiting. Well, you know, hold on. The Lord needs to speak through one of the saints to someone else privately in the foyer who's not here currently to sing praises. 
Now, there's some people that are in this room and some people that aren't in this room that I've seen them because they come to praise. Be praising him. Be praising him. Be praising him. And then they'll step out and move around. Next thing you know, they've gotten up beside somebody while they're praising. And then they're encouraging them. Now, I'm not commissioning people to run around and try to give words to everybody. But there are some that are getting something for people to bring them to another level. And it happened in the atmosphere of praise. It didn't happen disconnected from the time God said, let's do this. So what would the church look like if we actually didn't have to have an opening song? What would it really look like if we took these teachings on praise, showed up on Sundays before time, full of praise, that anyone that wasn't here and got caught in the foyer was like, what did I miss? Because your praise should do something in the atmosphere that someone's like, I've obviously missed something and I don't know what that is. I better get into praise faster. Now, again, greeters, I know when you're on assignment, we have you there. But I would suspect you'll be praising parking lot. I realize you're not, you're running people in. But you can be praising them. You hear it, you just be praising them as they come. You know, you can start giving them a bit of a praise as they're going. Praise the Lord. Man, it's going to be a great day. Man, he's so good. I'm so excited. Man, get up in there and worship the Lord. Man, we'll be in there in just a few minutes. We're picking up a few more people. Get them minds geared toward. Now, we have no problem running, laying hands on somebody when they're sick. But why aren't we, like, helping usher people into God's presence through praise? Where this is no longer an opener. A feel good something let's get you to preaching because for some they're like I wish we just sing only I don't want to hear any preaching well then you're not going to get grow I mean that's your problem you don't want the word <laughs> but then even when they come up at the end why can't things take off I tell you why they don't take off you know why they don't take off because everybody's just ready to go. Well, they're up now. They're at the end. It's an altar call. We're closing. I can go get my kids soon. Maybe the Lord's like, I'm fixing to heal some people if they just hook up and praise and just wait. I mean, because, you know, we've always done a really good job of taking care of your kids. Right? Now, some of you, when the atmosphere hits certain ways, y'all are like, I got to go get my kid and get them in here. I know that happens too. I'm just saying, let's... We, you, People come and say, like, y'all just do this. So a lot of times we're doing the same thing because the expectation doesn't change. Thank you. But it's like, man, we get... And I, here's the thing that I truly don't understand. If I... When I hear the word and if somebody's going to get up and sing something after, I, it's like giving me some revelation, I'll praise him even more. Because I'm just honored he gave me another piece of the puzzle. And I just want to be in your presence even more. Not thinking about what's for lunch. Because the restaurant will be there. And I, we preach long enough to help clear them out anyway. Amen.
Y'all hear me? Y'all sit down because we're not going to do this tonight. All right. Yeah, you're not because your expectation in there. It's just so you know, I know better. You know better. But you're getting there because you stood up without us talking, without us asking, without us requiring. And then you do self-evaluations. And the reality is we all get busy. Lots going on in our lives. And there's some days, some seasons are like, especially when you move into a new season, it's like, mmm, right? Because it's like, you can't live in this new season. But you weather that storm, you're going to come out on the other side and say, I can live in this season. I'm anointed for this new season, right? But some of that means I got to pull up things I know about the last season and take them to another level in this season, right? So ha, 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 more in this season. Praising more in this season, right? Walking in love more in this season. Being able to be pruned again in this season. I'm tired of being cut. You're going to be cut the rest of your life. <laughs> so you might as well get pruned. Pruning is better than being lopped off. Right? Pruning is better than being lopped off. Because I'm telling you right now, some of y'all are 11th hour people. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. 18, 18, let's say 15, let's go 14 to 18 years. With Anchor Faith Church, you're going to be in trouble. If you don't maintain your zeal because there's going to be some people five or less that are going to be so hungry for God and you're going to be like who do they think they are I've been here this ain't a union position people this ain't union the anointing uh, hit anybody and be used by anybody at any time anywhere doing whatever and if we've allowed our long-term relationship to give us complacency well the Lord find another laborer he'll add somebody else to the field hallelujah nothing personal he will get his church like he wants it and he'll put the people where he needs them so that's why I'm like I just got born again today kind of you know I, mean, I, I love Jesus Woo, hallelujah I just got filled with the Holy this is the most amazing thing in my life man I'm just going to serve him. I'm going to love him. I'm going to go. I mean, I got a bunch of battle scars. Some of y'all, I know your scars. But I know his love. And you know, but God. So really, you should show everybody how to praise. Be like, man, I'm going to show y'all how to praise. Because, I, man, if, if we were doing testimony night, and we like pulling out where the shark bit me, but it ain't about the battles. It's about trusting all the time. And it always never fails. It never fails. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com. Thank you.